Hello and welcome to the Project 99 podcast. We are back. It is November 12th, 2020. We survived the elections. Um, I almost said erections. <laughs> I, I, I mean, survived I, the erections. that fits somehow into what's happened this week. If your election lasts longer than four days, please call a doctor. <laughs> That's a good one. That I, I didn't make funny. that up. Oh, okay. I didn't make that up. I stole All that right. from somewhere. You're an honest person. That's why I trust you. <laughs> Okay, so, so yeah, the four-day election. Oh, my God. It was yeah. so crazy. What a fucking nightmare, dude. So we left you on election night, and it was like kind of just... It was looking pretty grim. It was looking a little grim, but, um, you know, I've been through quite a few elections now, and I mean, things can happen. I definitely didn't expect... I mean, I can't say I didn't expect what's happened this week, because I kind of did expect it, but... Um, I really didn't know. I felt it would be a close election, but I, so I really didn't know who was going to come out the winner. But I did feel like Trump was going to pull every single trick in the book to try to avoid leaving office for a number of reasons. I mean, he's immensely enjoyed his time in office. He is his personality is um, he loves the attention and the rallies and super <clears throat> narcissistic. He doesn't really like the work of being a president, but, you know, he's got minions to do the work of it. So it's pretty much just all glory. Yeah, he's going to have to go go back to being that nobody from New York. I mean, he was just some washed up old real estate person. Well, I mean, not only that, but he has a lot of criminal complaints out against him right now that he's kind of used the office of the presidency to shield himself from. So he's definitely worried about that. And so, you know, this past week, when he was when he started replacing people at the Pentagon and people in the you know upper levels of the Department of Defense, like that was frightening because, you know, Mark Esper was outspoken about the fact that he wouldn't use the military to suppress protesters, citizens. <laughs> yes, American citizens, because because there is something called posse comitatus, so the military is not supposed to be used on our own people. Although there are multiple instances in history where that's happened, usually with labor movements. (laughs) But um, Trump was trying to cite the Insurrection Act as, you know, and say that people who are protesting were rising up against the government. And so he wanted to use that as an excuse to bring the military out. Mark Esper said no. So when Trump got rid of him, I was like, oh, God, he's replacing him with someone who will... Basically, he's going to barricade himself in the White House and sick the military on anybody who refuses to accept that he's going to stay there. And I was does that was made me kind of nervous, which might still happen. We'll see. Um, I think in the fact and at first when people like Republicans were kind of like, well, you know, it's not looking good, blah, blah, blah. But then they started flipping like there was definitely a page turned where, you know, some people were starting to be realistic about the fact that he might actually lose. And that lasted for about a day. Then and they then, found their out. And then all of a sudden, it was like there was a meeting behind closed doors. And you can almost feel the shift in the Republican Party and the in Fox News and all those. And they just flip script. And so they thought they were going to he was going to lose, but they had to get their minds together and say, OK, we got to write a new script of how he could still possibly win so we can delay until we can figure out some way out of this. So they almost went from like surrender to battle mode, but they didn't really have a battle plan per se. 
um, to defeat reality. <laughs> so they had to have a week to come up with it. So they concocted this idea that the voting has to be fraudulent. Now, Trump's been saying that for weeks, right? He's been... I love how they're all just eating it up, too. Like, like it's so inconceivable that, like, more people did not want to vote for the guy who said grab her by the pussy. Like, maybe people just didn't right. well, vote I mean, for him. T- in defense of that, in defense of that, Trump did get the second highest votes ever. Biden got the highest votes ever of any president, but Trump did get the second highest vote. And, you know, Trump did beat Hillary after he said grab her by the pussy so so i mean in their mind like why would that matter now because he said it then and he won the first time yeah but he had four years to say more fucked up shit that that is true um so but trump had been trying for the in the weeks leading up to the election to delegitimize it by saying that there was problems with the ballots there was problems with ballots and he did that in 2016 too he said that if hillary beat him that which i'm pretty sure you said that back then Yes. was that you were like, he, this is his out. He's setting this up. Of course, because he has anybody who has that big of an ego, who talks that much shit, has to have a way to get out if it comes crashing down, right? They have to be able to save face. So with Hillary, his his thing was, it's going to be rigged. And which is really funny because then when he won, two things happened. Um, when he won... He said he was still going to investigate it because he thought that she had six million, that three million people voted illegally, and somehow there was a total of six million votes that she got something. So he he got this panel together and appointed people and spent taxpayer money to investigate voter fraud. And these people went and did massive investigations and literally couldn't find. Yeah, didn't find. They didn't find shit. Now. We know about the interference via Facebook and all that stuff that came out that was actually beneficial to Trump. But we didn't really find anything that was, you know, that helped Hillary in that popular vote, except that more people in a popular vote voted for her. Now, when you look at the elections over the past, like, six elections, okay, the Electoral College system is skewed, if you go ahead and look at it, towards Republicans, because, you know, Trump, Hillary won the popular vote, but Trump got the presidency, right? Because of Electoral College. When's the last time that happened? Well, I mean, Bush, right? It was Bush and Gore. Gore won the popular vote, but Bush won the Electoral College. And now here we come up on this election to where Biden had, what is it, up to like 5 million more votes than Trump. And we were like on a hairline in a few states to figure out who was actually going to be the president when Biden had 5 million more votes. So if you look at the way the electoral college system is set up and you look at the population density in cities, which tend to be democratic and the population density in the rural areas, which tend to be Republican, it's clear that this system is biased in favor of the Republican side. Now, or if you want to say the rural side, just because the way that you know, it breaks down. Now, that voter suppression and all that other stuff plays into it as well. But now Texas, okay, is becoming a a state that's in play, right? You heard a lot about that in this election. If Texas ever goes blue, the Republicans will never win the Electoral College, like forever, because 
already Democrats win California overwhelmingly and New York, right? So if you had Texas in the bag out of the gate, do you know how hard it would be for Republicans to win ever? So what I predict, I'm going to make this. It was pretty close in Florida, too, actually. Right, so, so Florida is mean, always a swing state, but it was it was pretty close this time. So I'm just thinking, I mean, you're right. If Texas ends up, you know, in the future becoming a pretty loyal blue state, along with if Arizona and Georgia start to become more blue. Right, right. I mean, it's just <laughs> there's just no chance. I mean, right. that's what I said. I said, let Trump uh, even this time, you know, Trump lost with the Electoral College. And I'm like, please let the Republicans and all his cult start attacking the Electoral College. Like, well, let them get rid of it because they'll never win another yeah. election if they get rid of it. Well, interestingly, Trump back in 2012 called the Electoral College a travesty and said that, um, you know, Obama, if Obama won, that it would be, um, you know, the electoral college should be abolished because it's a scam and like he he railed against the electoral college but when he won against hillary you didn't hear him say anything else about it, it was not. like Psh, i'm gonna be quiet so yeah if texas goes blue it's gonna be hard for them to win and conversely what you said about it the reason georgia is on the is on the precipice is because of atlanta because atlanta is a highly metropolitan area a lot of more educated people and live in that densely populated area and and they're more liberal so i mean it really is coming down to liberal cities and rural conservative areas um and i just feel like more people are coming into (laughs) becoming a little bit more liberal like yeah you still have your serious conservative strongholds where people like you know loomy gomer (laughs) went office but like Generally speaking, I think most of the country is a little bit more liberal. Like Republicans really don't even care about gay marriage much anymore. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like, um, I don't know. I just think the whole country is becoming a little bit more liberal. And so the really conservative people are really going off the deep end. Well, I feel like that in part, too, is because looking at conservative platforms, besides abortion and guns, you know, they don't really talk about a whole lot and as time goes on i mean i don't know if it's all over the country but i know in my liberal circles that people don't rail against guns the way that they used to i mean i just don't think that that's i I feel like in the future that the gun argument is not going to be something that they have a leg up on because i feel like most people i know uh do support you know changing some gun laws so you can't just like go to a fucking state fair and and buy a rifle you know what i mean there's no background check there's nothing Mm -hmm. you know they want to tie up loose ends like that but they have absolutely no interest in de-arming people right like i just i don't know any and you know i was in a lot of groups on facebook um that is specifically like people that are on the left that are armed like they're starting to see like and i think this whole trump thing where people were worried that these trump people were gonna react violently has inspired a lot of people on the left to be like fuck it they have guns like we need to have (laughs) guns so um I, I just don't think that that's forever going to be one of their arguments. And again, on the abortion topic, I know that that's one that a lot of people are still polarized on. But that's always a topic that when I talk to people on the other side, they want to bring up. And that's like their main stance. But even they, I can find middle ground with. Right. You right, know what right. I mean? When you when you can prove that the shit that they've heard about like doctors uh, birthing babies just to like kill them. And you're like, okay, that doesn't happen. That's mm-hmm. not real. That's not right. true. And you can prove that that shit just isn't real and talk about the real issues right they actually come around and they're like oh okay well like if it's for a medical condition or if it's like before this then okay i could agree with that and it's like all right like look the the fear tactics that they're using just are not they're not working as well 
and the older generations that vote for them just by time are dying off Mm -hmm. and the younger generations that are coming in are more political than they ever were i feel like in your generation they were like very uh like our vote doesn't matter especially after the bush gore thing i think people Mm -hmm. just like gave up on Mm -hmm. the hope of the system working but millennials super political and i feel like gen z is coming into it even more that they're you know those kids are becoming of age they're they're graduating high school they're voting now and a lot of them are a lot more political even more than than people in my generation so i just i just i mean we talk more and more i think they said by there's several different studies but it's by like 2040 or something that minorities there will be more quote-unquote minorities than there will be white people sure and we know that minorities do not poll well with republicans so i just feel like their party is is just their party is struggling and you know so i just wanted to when we were talking i was preparing for this episode today i wanted to, to to talk about some of the um you know the the plan okay that the right wing came up with to to say that trump still had a chance and, you know, he said right away he was going to go to court on some issues. And so I started looking at the court cases and trying to figure out, like, basically, was this going to make a difference? Because I'm a pretty much a legalistic person. As much as, you know, I don't want to, didn't want to see four more years of Trump, like, you have to go by the law. You have to go by evidence. So I was like, all right, well, what are these court cases about? So the one in PA today was ruled on and... As I said, I, I felt like they were going to go in, in Trump's favor. And the reason for that was because the state legislature of Pennsylvania set November 3rd as the deadline when, when you had to have your vote in. Like, if, it, if you mailed it on the 3rd and it came in on the 4th or the 5th, it wasn't going to count. So let me just talk about that for a second. Because I think it's really sad I realize we can't count votes forever, but I think it's really sad that people went out in good faith and cast their vote, regardless of who they voted for, and sent it in the mail, and it was, they actually voted maybe a day or two before election day, but because the post office didn't get their vote there on time, their vote didn't count. I think that's a sad testament to American democracy if you're on the side of saying oh we can win through a technicality if we just don't count this American citizens vote because it was a day late in the mail like that's just grimy to me and there was a a, a poll watcher or a, I'm sorry and a, a person who was being watched by one of these Republican poll watchers they put up they put a comment on Twitter and I mean you can discount this if you want because I don't have the person's name and so it's kind of anecdotal But he was saying that he was being observed by a Republican poll watcher who was saying, you know, this vote can't count because it's it's postmarked the fourth. So they were taking those votes out. And like so many of them were military veterans votes. And to me, like if you're gleeful of the fact that you get to discount a military vote because it's a day late, there's just to me, it's that's just scummy. Well, first of all, and that person probably did vote for Trump. I mean, I would say they probably were Trump voters, but yeah, I forget. I don't remember if it was Jermaine that maybe he said it on the last episode. I don't remember because I've had so many conversations about this election with people. But somebody told me that the military was like seventy thirty, like the majority is him. Well, like seventy thirty, like seventy for him, like they're majority Republican, which would make sense. I feel like that if you're, you know, in the military, that 
you know. I don't know about that. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I would, I used to think that was true, but, um, you know, Trump hasn't really done well with the military. He's had some incidents with the Gold Star families. And then in the run right up to the election um, in October, I don't know if you knew this or not, but Trump retweeted a conspiracy theory that was put out um, concerning SEAL Team 6 and Obama. Did you know about this? No. So, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden was captured and killed during Obama's presidency by SEAL Team 6. And someone started this online rumor, basically, that um, Obama and Biden were given a tip about where Osama bin Laden was and that Iran was the one that gave them the tip of where he was. And they sent SEAL Team 6 in there, but it was a body double. It wasn't the real Osama bin Laden. And SEAL Team 6 killed the wrong guy. And then to cover up their mistake, Biden ordered that the SEAL Team 6 be taken out, killed, to cover up for their mistake. Now, I understand politics is dirty. I understand when you're the month before the election, you want that October surprise. You want to throw something really bad at your opponent. But that was kind of beyond the pale for a lot of military people because they were like, listen, (laughs) what planet are you on right now? And one of the men who was on SEAL Team 6, because some people died in that operation, you know, said, you know, I was there. Like, that is not what happened. And DNA was taken from Osama bin Laden's body. Because, I mean, it, it was weird to a lot of people that there was no, like, evidence that he was killed, captured, or whatever. Um, that was, you know, people could say for sure it was him, whatever. I mean, not that I know of anyways. But so, I think Trump has done some damage to himself with the military. It said in 20, this poll said, uh, this is from kpbs.org. It said in a poll in 2016, Trump was favored by 60% of veterans. So it was like 60-40. But then in this past poll for this 2020 election, it was um, 52 said they would vote for, 52% said they would vote for President Trump, while 42% backed Biden. I'm guessing the other 6% there was probably third party or aren't going to vote. I'm not sure, but... um, so, yeah, he lost favorability, but they do tend to be, people in the military do tend to be Republican based on what polls say. So, I mean, the fact that you're, if you're a Republican and you're celebrating that vote getting thrown away, like, if it's probably for your guy, like, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Plus, it's shitty. Like, someone can't be home because, you know, they, they, tend, they claim to be supporters of veterans and et cetera, et cetera, but that person can't even be here to vote. Right. And, like, you're just excited to throw their vote away. That's, like, really shitty. Yeah, but there is an article about that tweet in uh, Military Times, which is a publication that's put out, I guess, by veterans, for veterans or whatever, if you guys want to look at that story. But it was a pretty scathing story about the fact that Trump did that. So, you know, and then, I mean, you have the conditions at the military bases that are really horrible right now. Or saying shit like, you know, I, I like mean, people who aren't captured. I mean. Right. I mean, he's he said awful. a lot of derogatory things about the military. So, in any event... Um, I, I think whether somebody voted for you or against you to be sitting there in a democracy going, oh, we don't get the, we, let's, let's kick that vote out. 
is just something wrong with that. Um, but anyways, uh, so Trump did win in the PA court case. Now all the the votes that came in after November the third were segregated or sequestered, whatever you want to call it, from the other votes, so that if the Supreme Court were to rule on it, they could decide whether to count them or not. Um, but I, I guess today a federal judge said that the um, the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania overstepped its bounds in giving that three-day extension or something. And the IDs, um, like you have, if you cast a ballot on November 3rd and then your ID is in question, like you forget your ID that day. You have like three days to bring in your ID to prove that it was you. So the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania, who was one that brought the lawsuit asking for the extension, she said the extension therefore should go to the 9th of November. So in other words, if you're going to extend the date that the ballots can come in from November 3rd, to November 6th, well, then that would mean that you would also extend the date of your ID that you could bring in from the 6th to the 9th. And this judge today said, no, 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 that's not how it works. But in any event, that's not going to change the outcome. So um, there were also 12 court cases that were brought in various states that were dismissed immediately for lack of evidence. Um, so it's a lot easier to get on television and throw out or YouTube or some network who will let you just say whatever that, oh, there's fraud, there's fraud, there's fraud. But then you go to court, you have to produce evidence. And right. so that's where these court cases An are coming up. An attorney is not going to risk their bar license and their reputation to lie for Trump. They're some not of gonna, them will. But I mean, I just feel like at this point he lost and are they going to throw away their whole entire career and their reputation you know for for him for this i mean right well um and, and as since you're bringing that up about legal cases the aca was argued um i think it was on monday or tuesday and i listened to the arguments um and that's obamacare the aca and, you know, there was a lot of talk when Amy Coney Barrett was being put up for the Supreme Court of how she was going to, you know, decide on Obamacare. And, you know, in a nutshell, the arguments were that, you know, when Obamacare came out, it was like, if you didn't have insurance, you had to buy it or face like a tax penalty right at the end of the year. Right. So and he the, repealed that. Right. So the Republicans fought that and they said it was unconstitutional to force people to buy insurance which is crazy because we got to buy car insurance but anyway that's another thing so they said it was unconstitutional when that went to court they lowered the basically when they rewrote the tax law they made the penalty zero so yes you it was still you're still required to get insurance but if you don't do it nothing's going to happen to you so since the court had ruled that that one segment of the law was unconstitutional Republicans got excited and said, maybe we can go back and strike the entire law down because we can say, well, if one part of the law is unconstitutional and the law itself says that making people pay this penalty is, is, is such an integral part of the law that if you wipe that out, the whole law is not going to work, which is what the Republicans were claiming, that it's kind of like there's no way to cut the two things apart. And when, if you remember when Amy Coney Barrett was being questioned about it, she brought up something called severability. Well, what that means in the law is that if you, if you and I craft a law 
and we put it out there and the court says, well, section A of this law is actually unconstitutional. Then we could say, was well, a remedy for that, can you just, can we just strike that part out of the law? Can we just sever that part of the law out and can the rest of the law stand? And the way that, you know, I had been listening to the arguments about it when she said that and I kind of felt like that's where the court was going to go. And they haven't issued an official ruling on it yet. But I can tell you that um, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and, and even Amy Coney Barrett were asking questions of the Republican lawyer from Texas. And we're kind of like, um, so what's your argument? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of legalese. If you guys get it, can, can take it. It's kind of hard to listen to, but if you listen to it, they're basically saying, well, why is it? Why can't we just sever it? And then um, I forget which justice it was, but it was one of the ones that um, he's considered a conservative judge. But he said, um, so basically when you guys had the law in the very next Congress after this law was passed, why didn't you just rewrite that part out of the law? If you really felt like that that was the part of the law, like, if why didn't you guys just overturn the law? And there's no answer to that question except, you know what it is? Because Republicans knew that if they went in there and voted Obamacare down, they would get voted out of office so fast, their heads would spin. So what they did was they tried to use this little court system thing where they would go into court and say, well, it's unconstitutional. And the court would say, yeah, it's unconstitutional. And then they could say, see, we really weren't against people having insurance, but it was unconstitutional the way the law was written. And so the justices were like, um, well, you guys had a chance to rewrite this legislation or abolish it, and you didn't do that. And now you're coming into court trying to make us do your job, and that's not our job. And I was like, hello. So the Supreme Court's not afraid to tell these Republicans, like, you have no case here. Yeah, I was actually just reading on USA Today. I had to look for the article so I could quote it. But um, they were talking about Carl Rove, who uh, he wrote a column. He's a, str- he's a Republican strategist. And he wrote a column in the Wall Street Journal. And the headline was, this election result won't be overturned. Um, so a lot of people, even high up Republicans, you know, are just like, there's just not there's no case here. There's not, I mean, a lot of these cases have already been dismissed. And then the, the one I was trying to find this so I could quote it, but in Pennsylvania, when one of the attorneys, Jonathan Goldstein, uh, went to court and the judge asked him, he was like, I'm asking you a very specific question and I want a very specific answer. Like, you know what I mean? Basically no more of this bullshit. Right. And he said, uh, I'm asking you a specific question. I'm looking for a specific specific answer. Are you claiming that there is any fraud in connection with these 592 undisputed ballots? And after all the bullshit, Goldstein said, to my knowledge at present, no. Mm-hmm. So here you go. I mean, he goes in courts. He dances around. He tries to, you know, play the show for Trump. But when it came down to it, the judge was like, are you saying that you know there was fraud? He straight up said no. His attorney said no, because they don't have any proof of it. And I keep saying this, you know, people are like, well, if you think Biden actually won, then let them do the investigation. I hope they do. I hope they investigate every single one, because I don't want to hear this for the next fucking four years. You know, I'm I'm, I'm tired of fucking hearing it already. So investigate every single one, but it won't matter. Because no matter how much we prove that, listen, you have every opportunity to give us any proof, 
lay it all out on the table. They won't come up with anything, and it'll all get dismissed, and they'll still claim it was fraud, regardless of the fact that there's no fucking evidence. Right. So this is where we, I was going to go with this eventually, and towards the end of this episode, is that, you know, the way propaganda works is that, you know, people do expect some kind of, uh, you know, outcome, some kind of proof. So what happens when you whip people into a frenzy and you fear monger and you, you know, put out these outlandish claims and then you don't have evidence? What do you do? Well, you just overwhelm the person with more fake news. And sometimes you actually create fake news. So I don't know if you heard about this guy who signed an affidavit saying that he was he was witness to votes ballots that came in that were after the third that were marked that, I'm sorry they came in on the fourth and they were marked on the third that they were changed so that they would count so this guy signed an affidavit and then he went public with and when I heard this I was like oh dude let me look this up and see who is behind this because this is bullshit. And it came up that it was James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. Now, if anybody doesn't know who Project Veritas is, they're a right-wing fake news manufacturing machine. The guy that runs it will fabricate things and then try to act like he's an investigative reporter showing you the truth. So when I saw that this, this guy that's claiming he saw this was, was involved with Project Veritas, I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to blow up in their fucking face. And it did. So bad. So the guy gets interviewed and recants his story. Admitted he was lying. Admitted he was lying, but now says he didn't recant. <laughs> Right, yeah, you can't fucking make this shit up. Now, but I feel like they do this on purpose because this guy will say, oh, this happened. And that's all that needs to happen because now people will repeat it exactly. as good as the truth. And they know that. Exactly. They fucking know that. Exactly. And now he'll recant a statement and, you know, people will be like, oh, well. Now, my thing is, if he was interviewed by investigators, which I'm guessing would be law enforcement, some branch of law enforcement. Probably federal. I would think. Um, and he told them, no, 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 I, I recanted, whatever. He should be prosecuted for filing a false affidavit. And if he's now going out saying, well, I didn't recant. One of the two ways he lied to the police. Right, exactly. So I don't know where that story is going to go. But I will tell you this, Project Veritas claims that they their main goal is to show bias of the liberal media that CNN, MSNBC, um, you know, all these liberal media, the New York Times, Washington Post, they're all liars, they're all propagandists, and, and James O'Keefe is out to expose them. So let me tell you what James O'Keefe did. He hired this lady to go to the Washington Post and tell them that Roy Moore um, 
you know, sexually had some inappropriate sexual contact with her when she was like 15. Roy Moore, that was the guy running uh, for in governor? Georgia. Was he running for governor or uh, Senate? I think he was. He was the fucked up one though, right? That like yelled at little girls outside of the mall and shit. Well, they said he was at the mall when he was an adult, like scoping out girl, young girls, and he was told not to come to the mall. I don't know if that allegation was ever hundred percent proven. But that's the guy you're talking about. That's the guy. Yeah, the he was an old man, and they said he was a creeper, and you know he he did crazy political ads with a gun, like you know on a horse with a gun, like acting like a crazy lunatic. Um, but he was real popular down there. I think it was, I think it was in Georgia. Um, but, or Alabama, maybe. Yeah, he was running for Senate in Alabama. Alabama. That's what it was. Okay, so, anyway, yeah, Roy Moore. So, James O'Keefe thinks, oh, the Washington Post, they fucking hate conservatives. So, if we send this lady up there saying that Roy Moore touched her, they're gonna suck this story up, and then we can later exposed the story as a lie so project veritas who gets out there and pretends that they care about the truth what they really are are propagandists who plant false stories in real news media to try and make you not trust the real this is what i'm telling you disinformation is deep shit it's not like you can trust the people that are telling you stuff. Well, like, and here's the thing, too, and I'm not going to bring this up in depth because I'd like to do another episode on it later, but when you try to tell people, the perfect example I can think of is that there was this horror movie that came out when I was in, like, middle school or high school. I forget what it was called, but it was some kind of paranormal movie, right? And they played it off that it was a true story. The Blair Witch Project. Uh, no, I don't think it was the Blair, it Blair Witch. It was some kind of, like, paranormal activity or something like that. I don't remember yeah, what it was. I kind of remember that, too. But it was, they said it was a true story. And they mm-hmm. created all these websites and all these different accounts, all these all these things of people that were, like, backing it up and proving it was true and fake news articles and whole fake news pages just to include this one article that said this story was true. All this fucking fake info. So when you Googled it, you were like, oh, my God, this is a true story. And then later they were sued because it wasn't a true story at right, all. Right. But it was the f- that's the first instance that I can think of that it was like, look, all they had to do was create a bunch of websites so right. that when you Googled it, you thought it was true. Right. You have to dig a little bit deeper. And some mm-hmm. journalist did and was like, these websites were all created like a month before this movie came out. None of this shit's real. Right. So Facebook is used in the same way. And even if you think you're doing your due diligence to research it, sometimes it goes a little bit deeper than that. So if someone tells you this shit is fake, ask them to provide credible evidence and then if they do, change your opinion. And if they don't, then do your own, you know, keep doing your own research. I'm just saying, like, this shit, like what you're talking about, like Project Veritas and the, them mm-hmm. trying to make all this fake-ass news. Fake news is a big problem. And Facebook is was one of the biggest contributors of it. And when you try to tell people in the U.S., like, listen, there could be hundreds of accounts, hundreds of fake news articles, all this shit, just to make you believe that this one story is true. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't only have to come from one source. Mm-hmm. If it if it's if it's good fake news, it will come from a lot of sources. Right. And people don't believe that. They think you're crazy. Well, but America, think- America is really shielded, and this is actually happening in a lot of different places. And just I've been doing a lot of research on this genocide that's happening in Myanmar, mm-hmm. literally, yeah, caused by Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like these military people went on Facebook and created all this hatred and all this fake news, so that they could justify. And uh, basically an ethnic cleansing, a genocide. They used Facebook to do it, and Facebook admitted that they used Facebook mm-hmm. to do it. Like, uh, Americans can't see that because 
we don't care about anything that doesn't happen in America, but right. like this shit is happening everywhere. It's not just happening in our country. It's happening all over by all different groups of people. Like we all need to be extremely weary of the power that that Facebook has on fucking all of us. Right. So, you know, in the weeks leading up to this election, there were a lot of Facebook posts circulating about ballots that were being found on the side of the road and, you know, in garbage cans and things like that. And what happens is people don't, the devil's in the details. So when you see a picture and someone says, look at these ballots that are on the side of the road. Okay, first of all, look at the picture twice. Can you even tell they're ballots? And if they are ballots, where was this picture supposedly taken? By who was it taken? Was this reported to authorities? Was it investigated? Um, one of the In what time period was this taken? Was this ten years ago? Like one of the pictures that I researched was found to be from a postal worker who was bent out of shape and quit his job and decided, "Fuck it, I'm not delivering this mail," and threw it alongside the road. People called authorities when they saw the bin sitting there. Authorities came and picked it up. And, um, you know, it had nothing, it had nothing to do with the election. It wasn't even ballots that was in it. It was just a, you could tell that it was a mail bin. It said U.S. mail in the bin. But that particular picture was, had nothing to do with the election. But it was being circulated as being, quote, evidence of ballots. And, and second of all, people were saying these were Trump ballots that were discarded. Okay, stop and think about this for a second. So there's a picture of mail in a mail bin that you don't know if it's ballots. How would you even know, how would you know that it's Trump ballots? They're sealed in envelopes inside of a bin. Are you saying the person who took the picture then took this mail, illegally opened it all, and determined that it was Trump ballots? Where did you get that it was Trump ballots? I mean, people aren't asking any questions about these things. They're just, one of the videos that was supposed to show ballot stuffing that was going on in Michigan was a video from Russia. It was from a Russian election and somebody had reused that video and said, look, this is ballot stuffing going on in Michigan. So people are accepting things with zero scrutiny. And why are they doing that? Because they have a preconceived idea that they want this to be the proof that they're looking for. And, you know, when I was thinking about this today, it, and it reoccurs to me a lot through different things that happen, his, in, it, you know, in the news and, and whatnot. Like, why do people, like you and I are believers in, we, we love ancient aliens. We love, you know, investigating, you know, Bigfoot and like the Loch Ness Monster. We love talking about those things and, and you know, uh, extraterrestrial life and saying like, we, and Duke has a picture hanging here in the studio that says, I want to believe. And, files every time. You know, we are people who are ex intensely curious that these things could be a possibility. But we're, we're not skeptics because we don't want to believe. We're skeptics because we want to believe in something that fascinating, but only if it's true. I don't want to believe it if it's bullshit. I hope there are extraterrestrials. I think it would be fascinating to meet, you know, creatures from another, uh, you know, universe. That would be unbelievable but you know have I ever seen one have I ever talked to an alien of course not so at this stage I'm gonna say it's an open question 
but I'm not going to go out there and make my life decisions based on the fact that I want to believe that it's real. So I feel like we all need to go and look at our confirmation biases. Like, why are you wanting to believe this? Just take five seconds to ask yourself, am I looking at this skeptically? Flip it around. Say if it was something on the other side. You know, if this was Biden's, uh, something that was happening with Biden, would you be as all gung-ho to say, oh, these are uh, poor Biden. Look at these votes that were thrown away for him. Like, we should really investigate. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, please use some scrutiny when you're looking at this stuff. Um, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, Charlie Manson and his cult were convicted in January, the year after I was born. And then, you know, in the early 80s, there was, um, you know, the Jim Jones cult uh, that 800 people went down to, was it South America, Guyana somewhere? And they followed Jim Jones down there um, completely just believing in this guy that he was, you know, really leading them in a spiritual like way. (laughs) And the guy was a psycho, but because the people wanted to believe that he was, you know, taking them down a road to God, they, everything that contradicted that he was a good person, they rationalized it because they wanted to believe in him. And at the point where some of the people started getting out of the cult and like basically leaving or people who had left the cult before it went down there, you know, went to these Congress people in Congress and said, my God, my family is trapped in this cult and he's taking them out of the country and they're in danger and he's, he's, he's a psycho and everything. So, um, you know, this story has been kind of reduced down now to just, uh, people just kind of offhandedly say, well, you drank the Kool-Aid. And, you know, the people that were the victims of Jim Jones have kind of been reduced down to just a bunch of idiots who believed in some goof who obviously wasn't, you know, a good person. But, you know, when I was growing up, that story was, there was a lot of documentaries done about how horrible that was. You know, you can go online and read about the piles of bodies of people. And, you know, what happened was a congresswoman and um, some congress people from Congress and a reporter went down there to see what was going on. And they killed a member of Congress and a reporter that went down there. They, his guards killed them. And then um, they had been trying to work out some kind of deal to go to Russia, I guess, and have their cult in Russia. And after they killed a couple government people from the United States, Russia was like, no, 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 can't come here. So he told his followers, like, this was, they needed to just die. And they... You know, some of them willfully did it, but of the ones that resisted, they were murdered. So there was no getting out at that point. And, um, and then, you know, on and on through the 80s, there were all of these like... Well, not, I mean, not just cults either. Look at the classic example of people who look at the Holocaust and they're like, who the fuck agreed to this? But it's like, nobody wants to hear it out. But when Hitler rose to power, he didn't start off by saying, let's kill all the Jews. You no, know what I mean? Absolutely. Germany was in a bad place and he offered them what they thought was a way out and they went for it because they were looking out for their own interests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's the line is when do you stop looking out for your own interests? But maybe by then it will be too late. 
Right. I mean, you have to be very careful when you let that genie out of the bottle. Right. I mean, and no doubt, like people try to say, well, when I say things like that, they're like, oh, well, that's that's a little extreme. Like, or what would you do if it was on the other side? Um, if for one second Biden or any other Democrat came out and said the things that Trump has been saying, I would immediately be like, that's some fucking fascist talk. Mm-hmm. And I would be over it because... <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not trying to live in a country where I can't say fuck the president and, and worry about, you know, getting black bagged the next day or something or being charged with a right. crime, regardless of what party side they are. And, and all people need to think like that. Like, we, we can't start moving in this direction where any president can come out and be like, our elections are fraudulent. We need to take action. No, fuck that, dude. Right. That is some dictator shit. Yeah, it is scary. And, you know, we always talk about that with Hitler, right? Because people... People question whether the Germans, how much they knew about what Hitler was doing. We've kind of revised history a lot to say, well, the Germans were kind of like, they didn't really know how, that there were death camps. And, you know, I've read different articles that say, well, it would almost be impossible for them to not know what was happening. But like you were saying, um, this was explained to them that this was what was wrong with the country. These people were enemies of the state. You know, they were bringing the whole country down. Kind of like we do with, the, you know, the, the immigrants. Yeah, so far I feel like Trump has moved his uh, target from immigrants to just anyone who's Democrats. a Democrat. Yeah, right. just, I mean, completely right down the middle. Democrats. Right. right. Um, and, you know, I've never in my lifetime heard a president say that there's blue blue states and red states and let's be against the blue states never in my lifetime that's like a precursor to let's have a civil war and there is a there is a large contingent on the right that wants the country to have a civil war they want it they write articles about it they talk about it they prepare for it they prep for it if you will um and they they lust for the day that our entire system descends into anarchy because then all you have to have is a gun and you point it in somebody's face and you're king of the block i mean the country will literally be like afghanistan where different tribes just rule different areas and it would be there would be no government that's what would happen if we just say well the system's corrupt let's just throw it all out (laughs) you know no let's not throw it all out let's clean it up but let's not completely throw democracy down the fucking toilet because for 200 years now, we've managed to survive without, I mean, I'm not going to say we haven't had our share of horrible episodes, but we've survived without becoming a third world country with just tribes that go running around killing each other tit for tat. I don't think anybody in America really wants that, except the people that are going to win in that situation. Um, Which I have a feeling they think it's them, but... Um I don't know. I feel like talk to anybody who's ever been in any kind of military situation or had military training running in. First of all, letting people know that you want there to be a civil war and that you're prepared, like way to give away all your fucking details. <laughs> Secondly, running in guns ablazing, thinking, you know, every there's 10 guys in your group and every single one of you thinks that you're in charge. Like you're fucked. You're fucked. Right. You're not going to you're not going to just it's just not going to happen, man. Like, but I feel like the, you know, the whole the whole idea of you know main the mainstream right wing now being so 
um, how do I say it? Like so thinly, it's so thinly veiled the, the distinction between the crazy, total crazy shit, right? And like the, the mainstream, like we now have several members of Congress that are QAnon supporters. And that's nuts. That's completely and totally fucking insane shit right there. And these people got elected to Congress. That should scare people, you know? Um, I feel like the, the religious right, which, like I was saying, in the 80s, um, you had all of these TV preachers that were, like, powerful people. Uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker that did, you know, you had the 700 Club. You had Jimmy Swagger. And, I mean, if you're not a religious person, you're probably just like, who the fuck are these people? But they had such a massive, like, audience. And, you know, I remember my grandmother, like, watching the 700 Club and watching Jimmy Swagger. And I can't even remember all the names. Like, televangelism, like, exploded in the 80s. And then, you know, what happened was... Um, Jim and Tammy Faye got in trouble because they were taking money from donations and spending it on themselves. And so they got investigated uh, for that. And then uh, Jim Baker got accused by his secretary of rape and he used church money to pay her off. So he ended up going to jail. He was sentenced to like 45 years, but I think he did like four years. And here's the crazy thing. He was right before like this election he was hawking coronavirus fucking snake oil that would cure you from coronavirus and he had to be told by the attorney general of his state you're going to go to jail if you keep defrauding people for money because this does not cure coronavirus like he these people don't go away and you know uh you have these preachers that go on there and they brag that they're asking for money for like a second jet like a 35 million dollar jet and people give them that money. And then they go on and they say, well, you know what? I want some more money. And they don't, they're not even, I don't even know how to say it. Like the people that are giving these people money are, are they're victims, but they're willing victims. They're, they're, and I feel like politicians are in that same category right now. Like if you can con somebody on into into being on your side, it doesn't matter if it's moral, if it's ethical, if it's true, all that stuff. Who fucking cares about that? Just get them. Just find some way to get them. I mean, one lady uh, in a documentary was talking about how her mother gave money to um, this preacher who's who tells you, well, if you give seed money, right, that's what they call it, these prosperity preachers. You give them seed money and then you, the minister plants that seed and then you will reap from the harvest of that seed. So they tell you, if you give me a hundred dollars, God will reward you with a thousand. And it's a fucking Ponzi scheme. It shouldn't even be legal for them to do that. But they prey on these people who are desperate and sad and alone and sick, dying with cancer, and they take their fucking money and they don't care about these people. And I, I feel like that same psychology is being moved over into politics to where people are almost religiously believing in, you know, I was saying about Hitler. We talk about Hitler and how his message, you know, kind of worked on the people in Germany. So Mao Zedong, 
you know, our, our, our history here tells us about, well, Mao Zedong was a communist and uh, he murdered tens of millions of people, right? But part of the reason that so many people died under Mao Zedong, and I'm not saying that he didn't, you know, imprison political enemies and torture and kill people. I'm not saying he didn't do that. What I'm saying is that, you know, a lot of people in these villages wanted to please him and prove to him that they were being good communists and they believed in the ideology that he was espousing. And so when he would go to a village and say, you know, to see how, how his workers were producing, they would bring out these wagons of wheat and, and show him like what they produced. And then he would praise them, you know, and they adored him. And so they were like, look what we did. And he was like, oh, you're so good. And then he'd go to the next town and they would take the wagons of wheat and take them to the next town so that he would see, like, they would all collectively put their wheat together to make the biggest mound, and then they would move the mound from, from place to place to give the illusion to him that there was more wheat than what there really was. And, and then so when he took a large portion of the wheat, you know, to, as, as the government stock, the, the people didn't have enough, and they starved to death. They literally were starving themselves to death so they didn't have to disappoint their leader, that they didn't produce as much as what he thought they did. And I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, because all we hear about is how Mao was a communist and he was evil. But if you listen to people who grew up in that era, the, you know, there was mixed feelings about him, the same as there are about some people in our politics. I mean, the communist revolution was a revolution. There were people in in China that wanted to bring that um, form of government into being. It wasn't like it was one guy forced it on the entire country. I mean, people had a revolution. They wanted to see change, and that's what they thought was a good change, and it turned out to not be a good change. Well, and that's but. the problem, too, with how America uh, basically tells lies for history, is that then Americans have this view of the world that just isn't accurate. I mean, you know, we, we go into some countries and, and you hear hear about how awful that country is and how everyone there hates it. And like America has to go there and liberate this country because everyone there, you know, is just miserable and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we get into war with these countries and we realize that that's, that's just not true. A lot of people there are supportive of the government that they have. And it's like, we do that with everything. Right. We tell the story that we want you here to believe so that you support whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, and I watched a documentary just the other day about North Korea, and it was um, Life with Lisa Ling or something. And um, she, you know, does all these different documentaries. They're all about different subjects, but it's very revealing. So she went to North Korea, and of course she went into the country with government minders because you don't go in there without somebody watching your every move. And... um, she asked them if she could meet with a, a, a regular North Korean family to see how they lived. So um, they took her to this house. Now, could they have had a family already selected in case anyone ever asks to see a North Korean family? That's possible. but Probably, honestly, knowing North Korea. But they took her into this house, and the family, um, according to the documentary was medium well off, you know, but, um, 
they asked the late one lady in the house was blonde from cataracts i guess even kids get cataracts in north korea because their nutrition is horrible their health is horrible um but so she was blonde and she was supposed to get um surgery for the cataracts and they asked her what's the worst part about being blind and she said that she couldn't see the dear leader and her son was translating for her and he said she only wants to see because she's so sad that she can't gaze upon our dear leader. And so then later in the documentary, she goes to this hospital where they perform the surgeries for the cataracts. And um, after the people, you know, take their bandages off and they can see, um, they obviously are extremely emotional and they start crying. And there's a picture of um, Kim Jong-un on the wall and they go over there and they're bowing and they're praying and they're crying and they're like, um, everybody that she talked to has this like hysterical love for Kim Jong-un. And you're like, okay, is this, are they afraid and they're being forced to feel this way? Or is this the result of um, like decades of indoctrination, brainwashing these people to where um, they literally hate Americans. I don't know what they're told about Americans, but obviously nothing good. And the one guy, as soon as he gets his vision, he goes over to the picture and he says, oh, thank you, dear leader. Thank you, dear leader, for my eyesight. If you give me a gun, I will use my new eyes to kill every evil American, blah, 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 blah. And like, and, and you watch that and you think, oh, my God, like you feel bad for these people because either they're so afraid that they're putting on this front or they actually believe in this man who's a horrible human being that he is the most beautiful, wonderful thing that's ever graced the face of the earth. And I'm like, See, but this is the thing about the human psyche that, you know, makes me think that that probably is true, that they probably do worship him like that. Um, and it doesn't seem that unbelievable to me because I'm not a religious person and... I mean, I wouldn't bet money that, you know, there is no God because, you know, how the fuck would I know? But it, it's it's strange to me to hear stories about the Bible and things that God supposedly, you know, made people do or ask them to do or, you know, the, the vengeful God, the things that he's done um, as punishment. And I'm like, I don't understand. This is like some kind of fucked up, like, relationship, like when people start to love their abuser. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> It's very strange to me. I don't understand it. I didn't grow up in a religious household. Um, so watching it from the outside, even as a kid, I'm like, I just don't understand why people love God the way that they do because if they listen to the things that he's done, how, I mean, how can you just be fine with that and mm -hmm. just pledge your love and your loyalty and everything to someone, you know, that, that you're also that, supposed to fear. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me, but people do it. People do it in this country. I mean, people are crazy crazy religious i mean we have a lot of people in this country that say they're religious and you know only when it benefits them but that but there are people that you know seriously just believe that that god is real and they love him so much and i'm like this is some fucked up shit and so when i hear shit like that it's really it, it seems no different to me mm -hmm. you know the the psychology of it all seems no different to me and that seems no different to the same as you know people who fall in love with their abuser it's just, it's just, it's all the same shit to me like that person's really bad and they put you through a lot of really bad shit but yet you still fucking love them. Like, it's well, weird. Well, I think some people have a view of God as a parent. And so, you know, when you're a kid, like, you don't like your parents sometimes because they spank you or because they, 
you know, uh, scold you or they, they tell you things you don't really want to hear. Like you have to go to bed on time and eat healthy and shit like that. But in the end, you know that it's all for your own good. So there's that psychology that, you know, uh, God is putting you through these things to train you, to teach you to be a good moral person. Um, I was once extremely religious and I believed that when I prayed, I was talking to an actual being and I still believe in spirits. I still think there is something beyond this realm of reality that we don't perceive. I mean, I still believe that, but I think that, um, I don't know what that was. Uh, but I did come to the conclusion that religion is used to control people's minds and it, and it is used by very, very bad people to manipulate other human beings. And so, um, I figured I'd figured out on my own. I didn't want to well, be part of any religion. And that's what I mean too, is it's like, you know, if somebody loses their job or even, even something as tragic as their house burns down or, you know, their marriage ends or something like that. And they say, oh, well, this is just God. God is putting me on this path because what we you know, whatever this thing that happened is, that's how it's supposed to be, you know? And I'm, I'm like, okay, like I can see that. That's a sense of comfort. I understand why people put that sure, belief into their sure, head, helps sure. them get through, helps them move on, helps them to look at better things. But I, I can't, I, I don't see that same logic in situations that are extremely tragic. Like, how do you look at someone as a religious person to another person that's extremely religious and be like, sorry that your child was just murdered in the most gruesome way possible, but this is all part of God's plan. How do you fucking say that to someone? And, and, and how does someone who's religious hear that and just think, oh, you're right? Like, no, I just think, I mean, through the trauma I've been through, if anybody ever told me that, well, this is just, this happened to you because it's, it's part of God's plan, I'd have spit on them because it's just like, <laughs> well, fuck you and fuck your God because what in the actual fuck? So, yeah. you know, to an extent I get it. I get it. Like, you know, certain things that happen, but something so severe like that or like, I actually just watched a movie about that uh, tsunami that happened in Thailand mm -hmm. and you look at that shit, right? And it's, it's a dramatized story of a, a true story of a family that survived through it. Mm -hmm. And like that kind of shit, the fact that like all five of them got separated and one was like a three-year-old boy, one was a five-year-old boy, one was a seven-year-old boy. They all ended up coming out of it and they were like directly hit by it. The fact that all of them lived, all five of them, mm -hmm. everyone in that family and the mom was a doctor. I'm like, man, that shit, I don't know if it makes me believe in God, but it makes me believe in karma. And I'm like, I feel like because that lady saved so many fucking lives that she was like graced with the fact yeah, that her family survived. Yeah, but the only bad survived. thing about karma is like, but you, yeah, unless again, you go it, into another work. lifetime, it it's doesn't, like. But, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking oh, that's a karma and effect. Like I know they say karma doesn't happen until you're, you're like reincarnated, but I'm like, that's a karma and effect happening right now. But at the same time, you can't even say that because look at all, there was like 230,000 people that died. Yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck did they do? You know, that was, you know what right. I mean? It just doesn't work like that. Right. And there's evil people that live and live out their life and die peacefully in their sleep. So I think that, you know, they were, I've, I've heard many people say that the coronavirus happening has caused people for one, we were all locked in the house for a couple of months and, um, you know, the internet was our reality for a lot of people, like the TV and the internet took up way more of their time than it had before. And people started going on these rabbit holes and, you know, psychologists say that when people are, under stress when they're depressed and when they're afraid their brains try to um, establish control and when you believe that you are figuring out a conspiracy when you believe that you're putting the pieces together when you're listening to a person on youtube 
tell you, I can put the pieces together for you so you'll understand it. And once you understand it, then you're in control. And it's a trick because you think that by putting those pieces together, you have a new understanding that's going to give you a new control in the world. And it's all total bullshit. And all these people that are so happy right now because they feel like they've got it, they've been red pilled and they think they, and they know what's going on. You've been duped. You've been taken advantage of. Is everything you've been told a lie? Probably not. But the people that want control of you took advantage of your fear and your anger and your need to find a leader. And maybe for you, that leader was Trump. Um, but it's time to, to get a reality check. I and mean, I- people just need to take the screen out of it, right? Imagine some guy walks up to you on the street, right? And you see, you see this guy. You see this guy across the street. This guy across the street's talking to another guy. And you don't know what they're talking about. But the, uh, the one guy comes over to you and he starts telling you all this crazy shit. And he makes you believe it. And you're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe this guy's sharing all this information with me. Like, why would he do that? But like, thank you, thank you for telling me this information. And then you watch the guy that told you all this shit walk back across the street and take money off of, off of the first guy, right? Then you're going to start wondering, like, why the fuck did that guy come over here and say that shit to me? Clearly, that, that other guy put him up to it. Mm-hmm. And he, like, paid him to do it. So, fuck, I'm not believing anything that fucking guy says. That's literally what YouTube and Facebook are, okay? Right. When someone is, they're, they're going to say whatever they have to say to go viral, okay? It's yep. the same reason why people get on the, the internet and get naked. It's the same people get on the internet and do crazy stunts. It's the same fucking reason they're all just avenues to make money. The reason you don't pay for Facebook or YouTube or any of these things is because you are, you, the, you product. are the product. And yeah. we hear that all the time. But like you have to take into account anything you read or hear or say and anything on the Internet. You have to imagine it that you're seeing that person face to face and you know they're making money mm-hmm. off of you listening to them. Right. You have to take that into account. And there's a big there's a big debate right now among progressives because, you know, a lot of my um I, I, I won't call them friends, but cohorts on um, um, on um, the website that I write for is that they, they don't want any censorship whatsoever. And, you know, I get that, but at the same time, you know, I, I wrote an article, uh, it's for Op-Ed News, I wrote, wrote an article called uh, An Open Letter to Mark Zuckerberg. And it's pretty long, but basically... Um, you know, to the arguments against censorship and people saying, you know, you can't start saying, well, this, you know, idea is unpopular, so we're going to censor it. I'm not talking about unpopular ideas. I'm talking about lies. I'm talking about fraud. And I give a lot of examples in there where free speech isn't legal. Conspiring uh, to commit murder is not legal. If you're sitting there plotting someone's murder and you're exchanging ideas and, and gathering supplies and coordinating it, that's conspiracy well, to commit murder. That's not legal. That's what I don't understand about Trump, you know, saying the things that he said, like, stand back and stand by. And then he's saying the whole election was a fraud. And I'm like, I if this shit does break out in violence, I will be shocked if he doesn't have charges brought against him for inciting inciting a riot or inciting some. I mean, something like how how do you just. I mean, this somebody was arguing with me on Twitter today about this too about censorship, because I'm like, 
freedom of speech does not mean that Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or anyone owes you a fucking platform, okay? This is America. We've already decided, unfortunately, that corporations should be treated like people, okay? So that's like saying that I have to allow you to put your political sign in my yard. Right. You're free to support who the fuck you want, but I don't have to let you put that sign in my yard. Right. And YouTube and Facebook and all that shit works the same way. You can say what you want, but it's their website. They don't have to let you keep it on there. So right. that's the first thing. And if you don't like it, there's nothing. Americans need to take responsibility for what they consume. If you don't like the way that Facebook and YouTube are running and censoring things or not censoring things, we, we have to start boycotting this shit. And it is hard. The fact that we are all addicted to social media, uh, mm -hmm. I will say the majority, because I know Mick doesn't use Facebook. But the past couple days, I deleted my Instagram. I deleted my Snapchat. I didn't use Facebook for two days. I managed to stay off of it for two days. And I'm like, this is a start because this is my goal. I, I've got to get off of it, which is hard because I want to use social media to spread information that I think is right. positive. Right. But at the same time, it has to become less time consuming for me personally. Right. And I, I can admit that. I grew up with social media. I, I got a MySpace when I was like 11 years old, okay? People mm -hmm. in my generation, specifically millennials, it's like all we've ever known. Right. So I, I guess I just implore people to like, seriously, put the fucking phone down. You know right. what I mean? Find other avenues of information. There's like still things called libraries, you know? Maybe go that route. I don't right. know. I mean, and the other thing you have to consider too is that um, say, um, you know, people say, well, the, uh, guy, this guy told me on, on Twitter um, that, you know, I said people have to stop consuming this propaganda. And he said, what, you mean like CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and Washington Post and listed every other mainstream media except for Fox News? And I said, um, all media has bias. There's bias, okay? But there's a difference between bias and lies. Right, that's what I said that, you know, you know I mean, networks cut Trump's speech because they're like, yes. we, we literally can't air this because it's just lies. Like, even Fox News was just like, uh, and I'm, Cavuto he, he cut ruined. away from it. And people got, people flipped Trump's kind of ruined his possible career. You know, Rudy Giuliani went on to be a Republican spokesperson on every fucking news network that's, you know, biased right. Trump ruined that for himself because as much as they want to put that shit on there, they'll get sued for putting that shit on there. Well, if you, no, if you no, preach here's lies, the thing. here's he, the thing. If he gets up there and says, something bad about someone with no evidence to back it up th those people are going to sue that network like right so that's what i was just going to say the new york times you can say the new york times is biased but in a sense that okay they might not run a story that's a pro-conservative story they might choose to not run that and if there's a pro-liberal story they choose to run that okay you can say there's bias but if when the New York Times writes a story, they usually use like financial documents or FOIA requested documents or bank, you know, some bank records or some like real estate transaction records. Like they've done a lot of investigative stuff on Trump and they don't just make shit up out of the air. Like they actually are taking it from documents that they have possession of. So that's different than Rudy Giuliani going on Fox and saying, well, I heard somebody say so-and-so saw this or whatever, like third-hand information, or they hire these people like Project Veritas to create witnesses and create stories and they put them out there. And then like, you know, Tucker Carlson was for weeks on this Hunter Biden thing. And then 
the supposed evidence he was going to come up with just vaporized. So he came on his show and said, well, you know, I really think we need to not dogpile on him. He's had a lot of personal problems, and I personally am not the kind of guy who's going to kick a man when he's down. After he spent weeks talking about the evils of Hunter Biden and his laptop from hell because he couldn't produce evidence, actual verifiable evidence, he backed out of the story. He weaseled out of it and said, well, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to kick it out. No, you didn't have anything. You came up with nothing. And just like that whole Durham report, okay, Fox News went on for weeks and weeks investigating the investigators. Remember this? Trump told, told Bill Barr and Bill Barr was going to go and dig in deep to the Russia probe and find out who started it and who had what information and they were going to lock people up and all. And it turned out to be a fizzled out nothing burger. Like I think two people got some kind of charge out of it. And it was like, it was nothing. It was a fucking joke. But they get people so worked up on it. And right when it comes time for proof, they switch to a new story. So people never get the actual details of what actually even happened. For the record, I think Hunter Biden never should have been working for Burisma, never should have been over involved in any kind of foreign entity while his dad was vice president. I will go on the record saying that. And we talked about this when Bernie was running against Joe Biden in the primary, that his son had also had connections to a business called Rosemont in China, that he probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to get his foot in the door on that business if it wasn't for the fact that his dad was the vice president that shit goes on every day in politics and i don't approve of it but it's hardly the fucking scandal of the century right yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say i mean we we state our opinions you know not knowing where all this is gonna go because it's just what we believe there's no agenda for it i mean you you can go back and listen to episodes the one we were talking about voting for bernie in the primaries and this and that and we had criticisms of joe biden that we still and i'm believe. not jumping for joy right. that joe biden is the pro- i'm glad that trump is gone because it's too much too much corruption too much dysfunction too much violations of the constitution to me it's my personal opinion of his record in office has been dis- extremely destructive to the country biden I don't have hope that he's going to do any of the things that I wanted done. He's just, to me, he's somebody who's going to stop the bleeding of right. democracy. Right, like, exactly. that's it. I believe that, too, and especially since so many people are freaking out. Um, we didn't take the Senate, so this is going to be a four years of stalemate. It's still out there. I, I don't think we're going to take it. I don't know. But if we don't take the Senate, it's going to be four years of stalemate. If we do take the Senate, let's be honest, Joe Biden's like... He's not even, you know what I mean? It's like he's the American Democrat, but let's let's be real. He's not he's not really a, he's not on the left. No. You know what I mean? It's just he was the it's only a candidate joke that they're calling him a Kamala uh, socialist. That's right. a joke. I mean, seriously, it's a just a total joke. Like if you're really sitting out there right now as a, one of our conservative listeners thinking the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket because now we have a socialist as a please reassure yourself. Yeah, like we wish. <laughs> We wish he was a socialist. When when Joe Bi- when Joe Biden had his very first fundraiser, Comcast was one of his biggest fucking donors, and he had all these people that paid like thousands of dollars to go in like to fundraise. And meanwhile, Bernie was not taking any corporate money. That's why we supported Bernie. But guess what? Bernie didn't. Win- the socialist didn't win the nomination. The corporatist won the nomination. Yep. So you can be rest assured, Wall Street, have you seen Wall Street the last couple of days? Excellent. Wall Street's going through the roof. You know why? Because we swapped out one guy for another guy. Right. 
who's a just who's one a, level of corporations corporate. that succeed and now another level will get, will succeed which if you do any research on like what companies to invest in in election years and shit they always tell you like well if you think the republicans gonna win you know invest in oil and gas and this and that if you think the democrats gonna win invest in these markets you know what i mean like they all have their corporate loyalties of course some of them overlap i mean it's just yeah it all still stands again and that's what i tell people all the time with oh now you're a hardcore biden supporter no he he is a he is a means to stop the bleeding but he was the only candidate out of all of the people at the dnc when they did the debates that didn't support medicare for all which is my main yeah my main voting point is health care and he doesn't even support the thing that i wanted but it's just but it but, is what but it is his, but him and obama but biden and obama got us what little bit that they got he's with our the only ACA, hope yeah and the republicans have been trying to destroy that ever since it passed right so is biden gonna go full-on socialized medicine which is net was never even bernie's socialized medicine wasn't even bernie's fucking plan no that's a that's a propaganda thing too um but biden's not even gonna go like biden's not gonna do he's just gonna pretty much be just keep us where we're at which i feel like four more years of trump would have pretty much environmental controls and it just would have been completely thrown out the window i mean there was so much damage about to be done over four more years of trump and honestly, like, I was going to say, you know, this whole thing about the transition. You know, CNN is losing their fucking minds over Biden not getting a couple of phone calls. Like, calm the fuck down, okay? Biden doesn't even become the president until January 20th. Yeah, we got time. Calm the fuck down. I mean, they're really... They're amping it up. CNN well, is, is literally hysterical over him, the transition thing. And I'm like, okay... I agree with you that Trump's being a big baby, and at this point in time, he needs to start letting by. Even if he doesn't concede, fine. Don't concede till you go through your court cases. He should be giving Biden the information he needs to prepare in case he does take the press. But whatever. Like, honestly, calm the fuck down. Well, this is the thing, too, is that this, just the, the absolute whipping people into a frenzy on both sides yes. drives me insane. And as a person who just bases what my opinion is on what facts I have to go on, it, it fucking drives me nuts. I mean, and on the left, all I saw days before Election Day was, you know, don't vote for Trump because then abortion's going to get overturned and gay marriage is going to be made illegal. They're going to repeal it so gay marriages aren't, you know, legal anymore. But they're going on and on and on. And I'm like, I don't know how many people I have to correct on this. Is that this, this whole thing was, th that was a Supreme Court thing. They're worried that the, you know, Supreme Court, well, that, that should already happen. He already appointed her. Yeah, that's not going to So even if Biden wins, unless mm -hmm. he decides to add more justices to the court, which I don't think he's going to he do. Won't. I don't think he will. It's going to be hard to do. I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. Y'all should have been listening to me when I was trying to tell you that in 2016 when you were voting. That Ruth Bader Ginsburg is on her last leg. And if she dies when Trump's president, you're going to get all these conservative judges. And we're going to have to worry about abortion and gay marriage. I tried to tell you all that in 2016. But a lot of people I know didn't go out and vote. And those same people are coming around now freaking out into a frenzy like this is the election that matters. It's too late now. Mm -hmm. It's too late. If they decide to bring those cases to the Supreme Court, it's already Republican majority. If they're going to overrule it, it's, it's they're going to do it. 
Joe Biden is not going to add fucking Supreme Court justices. That I, shit ain't going to happen. I doubt If it, it does, I, I, I will it. eat my words, but I just really don't think that's going to happen. So I hate to tell you all this. You know, we can celebrate Biden winning, but those things are still not protected. No. I mean, I mean and, and it's going to be the only the only positive aspect that's going to come out of it is that. And I was listening to David Pakman's show, um, one of his episodes the last couple of days, and he was saying that, you know, there were times during Obama's tenure that um, he didn't talk about the president anything about the president for like over a week sometimes and he would talk about like different state level things that were happening court cases that were happening um international news like you could cover like this fincen investigation like you could cover shit like that but with trump it's like every day it's just front row of the trump show and like you can't you can't it's just every day is a different scandal a different thing uh tradition or norm that he's thrown to the wind and everyone's freaking out about it so it'll be nice to just be able to actually keep an eye on what's happening and uh believe me we're going to be watching to see what biden does and uh this is your opportunity anybody who's been a trump supporter who's pissed off who thinks biden's a piece of shit We'll be more than happy to hear your complaints because that's we what, have always this is said what Americans are supposed to do. Our we're, we're job supposed to. is to keep both sides honest. Right. And if they're fucking up, it's our job to point it out and to complain about it and do something about right. it. Right. So you Trump people that are like, well, you get what you voted for. Now, that's not how politics works, dude. We voted for him. But if he fucks up, we ain't staying loyal to him. Nah, yeah. we will speak up and say, you know. What he's doing is fucking wrong because that's how politics is supposed to work. You know, you're not, you don't have to be loyal to the guy just because at one point when you voted for him, you know, you thought things were going to be better than they turned out to be. It's okay to say you were wrong. What's not okay is to ignore shit that is wrong and continuing to support it because you don't want to admit that you made a mistake. And we're still ruby red here in West Virginia. Yeehaw. Unfortunately. So in the weeks when Biden's not making news, um, we will be talking about the shitty situation in West Virginia that our Republicans are giving us every single day. Yeah, we just saw too. What was the guy? Uh, the guy that's currently in that prostitution sting case. He's like a senator or something. Maroney or Maroney. They voted for him and elected him, even though he is currently on trial <laughs> because they just vote straight red ticket in West Virginia. It's like Mike Maroney, I think. She's going to look it up real quick, but. I think I heard about it, but I mean, I don't pay that much attention to prostitution shit, but. Yeah, I mean, not that I give a shit. I honestly think to, what two consenting adults do yeah. behind closed doors makes no difference to Unless me. Unless it's the president. Like, I didn't, Clinton put this, us in the national security predicament by diddling in the White House because they could blackmail him over that shit, which I think they did. So that puts the country at risk when you're afraid your secrets are going to be held. And now you're making decisions based on covering your own ass. Well, maybe unless you go in doing it and being like, I don't care. No one's going to be able to blackmail me with this because I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, Clinton cared. Well, yeah, he did. That's what I'm saying, though. But I don't know. Whatever people do behind closed doors between two yeah. consenting adults is none of my business. And honestly, if if he had diddled somebody in the White House and somebody came out and tried to blackmail him with it, and he was like, go ahead and release it. Because I don't care. I, I really don't give a shit either. I don't care what you're doing. Yeah, it was that Mike Maroney guy, I think. Yeah. So, uh, facing criminal charges from the 2019 case. 
After an incident in August in which he involved the rest of an alleged prostitute leaving Maroney's home, the senator is crying foul, claiming the local police department is out to get him. Of course. So he's twice been linked to prostitution yeah, in the past two, two years. Two times in two years, yeah. But it was just both times a misunderstanding. And they still voted for him. She was a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. She just came in to talk. But so anyway, um, oh, I wanted to... Uh, well, while we wrap this up, up this episode, I just I was looking at our geographical location of listeners, and I was shocked to see that um, it's very very small percentages. But it's like we have ninety percent of our listeners in the U.S., but we also have three percent in Germany, Ireland. Uh, we have two percent in the U.K., and then we have one percent in Chile, the Netherlands, Canada, Singapore, Australia, Nigeria, and Portugal. One percent in each one of those. Sweet. Not like one percent for all of them, but one percent in each of those. So I'm that's like, sweet. That's really interesting. Oh, in to Ireland, me. I did I did hear briefly that um, Biden, I guess, has some Irish roots, and um, I guess it's kind of his his com- becoming the president-elect has kind of thrown a little bit of a wrench into the whole Brexit thing because Trump was kind of like okay with whatever old Boris was going to do. And now Biden's just like, yeah, if you want any good trade deals with the U.S., you got to treat Ireland right. (laughs) I was like, yay. Thank you for sticking up for Ireland. Appreciate that. (laughs) Why is every white male in this country like, yeah, I have Irish roots? No, remember, you remember (laughs) Obama when we went to Ireland Obama had just left there and they had little like souvenir things about Obama being part Irish. I'm like, damn it. Everybody wants to be part. Irish. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I know. We went to Ireland and everybody had to follow because Obama was there. And then like the queen was there, which was like pretty historic. There was like bus bombings and shit going on while we were there. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, that was, it was a pretty historic time for us to visit there. But anyway, we ran over a little bit. I feel like I, was, I had something else I wanted to add, but now I can't. It's going to come to me in like an hour. <laughs> to write it down for next week but um do you have anything else mick nope all right guys well that's all we have uh just don't a trust any preachers yeah no or don't. politicians yeah don't just <laughs> none of them they're, or use car salesmen they're all the same <laughs> <laughs> check your sources um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, if you guys, uh, sorry, Mick got me all fucking, I was like, <laughs> what am I, we're, we're on Facebook now, we're doing Facebook lives, I'm gonna have to go back and upload the two episodes that we did live, just so anybody who do- chooses not to use Facebook still has access to them on Anchor, um, but we are, you know, everywhere you can listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, but now you can, if you want to see, want to be a little bit more visual, we uh, are also broadcasting live on Facebook. So you can find us there at Project 99 Podcast or find us on Twitter at Project 99 Podcast. Um, we love you guys so much that we crossed over to the evil Facebook. I really didn't think Mick was going to go for it. And honestly, like, I don't blame you because I, the other day I was making a list. I'm like, who's the most fucking evil? We got like Dick Cheney, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Like, I'm like trying to rank them in order. Like, that would be a perfect fuck one, marry one, kill one. Like Dick Cheney, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, you, have to, you have to fuck one, you have to carry uh. one, you have to marry one. Yeah, it would be like the worst one. But anyway, guys, we'll uh, wrap that up here. (laughs) We'll see you again next week. This is Juke signing off. This is Mick signing off.